Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Thank you. This may be the most important speech I've ever made. That's one heck of a way to start, sir. That is a way to get people's attention. I'm in. And what did the president do? But he made an address from the Oval, but not to media. Why would you ever make an address to CNN? What's the point of that? No, he made it to you, me and we. And within this presidential address about the election, well, a lot has been taken out of context, and some of it really does need to be taken in context, but then it needs to get applied to what we're seeing. I put forth to you that every challenge in this election is just fine. They may not all work, but there's nothing wrong with the challenges. Now, there's something wrong with telling people in Georgia they shouldn't vote for senator. That's just nuts. I'll take on anybody, guys. If this is where we have ourselves a bit of a split, I'm okay with that. The awful, horrible advice coming from Linwood and Sidney Powell and some of the people they're associated with, whom I know to be people not to trust. I have had experiences with. I learned that they're people who I believe are in the scam game, in the grift, and I want nothing to do with. And when I see them on the stage with uh, the lawyer, Lynn Wood, and with Sidney Powell, I say, oh, this ain't going to work. And I'll take anybody on on that subject. Anybody, anywhere. Even people who support President Trump to the nth, because there are some things that are still just wrong. President Trump wanting to engage challenges? Totally fine. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY-833-468-8669. Let's start with what the president had to say. Now, runs about two minutes. I want to share all of it with you, but I will jump in from time to time. The most important speech he's ever given. I want to provide an update on our ongoing efforts to expose the tremendous voter fraud and irregularities which took place during the ridiculously long November 3rd elections. We used to have what was called election day. Now we have election days, weeks and months, and lots of bad things happened during this ridiculous period of time, especially when you have to prove almost nothing to exercise our greatest privilege, the right to vote. As president, I have no higher duty than to defend the laws and the Constitution of the United States. That is why I am determined to protect our election system, which is now under coordinated assault and siege. For months leading up to the presidential election, we were warned that we should not declare a premature victory. We were told repeatedly that it would take weeks, if not months, to determine the winner to count the absentee ballots and to verify the results. My opponent was told to stay away from the election. Don't campaign. We don't need you. We've got it. This election is done. In fact, they were acting like they already knew what the outcome was going to be. They had it covered, and perhaps they did. Now. You could say that the president is making allegations in there. He is making some allegations in there. That the media acted like this was already done. 
Maybe they knew something. He's absolutely throwing it out there. What he is not engaging is the idea that there was a cabal. Let's go back to it real quick, right here. The United States. That is why I am determined to protect our election system, which is now under coordinated assault and siege. That's a rough term. But notice before it, he said, we've got a system of voting by which you don't even have to show an ID. And there were states that went about changing rules and laws and regulations, like, for example, Pennsylvania. And he calls that coordinated. Well, I will tell you, that's something that the president has to prove. Because he's the one saying it, it's something he has to prove. Now, what do I think? I think that there isn't actually a cabal. What I think is that you have so many people of the progressive left who descend from the Richard Daly family tree in Chicago, for example, and in other places that certain things are just learned. Bill Walsh has a family tree, coaches that come from his system that have had levels of success. Far better than the Bill Belichick tree where they've all been disasters whether it be in Notre Dame whether it be recently with the Lions and Matt Patricia whether it be Josh uh, McDaniels just failures but I am saying that there isn't a group of four or five people coordinating stealing an election there is a generalized approach to how these things are done and the generalized approach is something that we've seen you shouldn't have to have voter ID that's not something that's new. That's something that's been accepted by the Democratic Party as, as a given. And of course, irrational. I need an ID for everything. I don't need an ID to vote. My parents were opening up a bank account yesterday and they needed more than an ID. They needed to, they needed to say, no, 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 we're not going to do this with it. We're not. They had to give 40 pieces of information to open up a bank account to keep their own money. To keep their own money. We don't think we need an ID from somebody to vote. So the president is doing what the president does on that, you know, in a, in, a, in a fairly bombastic way. It doesn't mean that he's wrong. He is, however, saying that something happened, and that's exactly what he needs to go prove. But I wanted him to finish up his statement. Orchestrated effort to anoint a winner, even while many key states were still being counted. The constitutional process must be allowed to continue. We are going to defend the honesty of the vote by ensuring that every legal ballot is counted and that no illegal ballot is counted. This is not just about honoring the votes of 74 million Americans who voted for me. It's about ensuring that Americans can have faith in this election and in all future elections. And so they should be able to have faith. He was talking about this idea of orchestrated. He's not talking about an orchestrated uh, stealing of the vote, but rather the media being orchestrated in anointing a winner. That was his talk. And I think people have taken it, have taken it well out of context because that's kind of what they do. That's pretty much who they are. The president still has to go prove it. As much as you may not like that, that still is the way it is. It has to get proven. That's what makes all of this so incredibly difficult. It is not that I disagree with you 
on the idea of fighting this election, it's that my argument has been consistently that it's a hard thing to get done. Now, this leads us to a very interesting place. And I'm telling you that some of yesterday's conversations gotten some people worried. And it's this idea of if people really don't trust the election results, what happens next? And it's funny that yesterday we were talking about this. And I said to you as clear as day, I have a, a, for lack of a better word, a disconnect. Right? It's, It's, you know, Ayn Rand, you have to check your premise. When you have a contradiction, you have to check your premise. I say, for example, when you are a bar or restaurant being forced to close, don't close. The city, the state is wrong. They're not allowed to tell you not to feed your family. Don't close. We saw this pub in Staten Island declare itself an autonomous zone, which I loved so much. There's a tequila bar that said, you know what? We're, we're not a bar. We're a church. They applied to become a church. 400 rabbits, tequila, and mezcal cocktail bar. This in the UK, because they're trying to get around the coronavirus restrictions. Because the restrictions are criminally insane. And they don't do anything. They don't keep anybody safe. So this bar uh, declares itself an autonomous zone. Owner got arrested. People were there for him, cheering for him, still going back. People fighting their government, pushing back and saying, you're overreaching is absolutely normal. Let's call it a bit of civil disobedience, shall we? But within that construct, we still believe that the nation remains. There are some people who are starting to go, the, you know what, if we, if we don't have an election, there's nothing left. I don't know that there's nothing left. And I don't think that's the way we should go. But there are some people who are willing to throw out the baby with the bathwater. Now I'm going to get into that conversation with Lynn Wood and what they're saying about the vote in Georgia. But what, they, what we should not accept are the people who are trying to steal the vote in Georgia. This is from Nicole Carr. Of course, we're talking about the runoff election for Senate. Nicole Carr is an investigative reporter with WSB-TV. And Nicole Carr is reporting this from a Florida lawyer in his own words. I have to do whatever it takes. And if that means changing your, your, your address for the next two months, so be it. I'm doing that. He's going to change his address? He's just going to decide he lives in Georgia for two months? Their investigation reveals a video of a Florida attorney telling Republican members how to move to Georgia, vote in runoffs, uh, and, and what are we all, nuts? Democrats are doing this. Republicans are doing this. Am I supposed to sit back and say, well, you know, if Democrats are going to do it, might as well join in. Or should I be opposed to the entirety of the thing? I got to be opposed to the entirety of the thing. Which brings us to Stacey Abrams. Stacey Abrams is the woman who ran for governor in Georgia and lost and would not concede. Well, the reporting now goes that her group has been working to bring out-of-state voters in. Guys, if you're asking me to accept one and not the other, the answer is I won't do it. Now, if I find that Nicole Carr at WSB in Atlanta misreported and that's actually a Democrat, well, we're going to have ourselves a time. 
Stacey Abrams seeking to aggressively register ineligible out-of-state or deceased voters from her group, the New Georgia Project. It was founded by Stacey Abrams, and you know who used to chair it? Raphael Warnock. Who's Raphael Warnock? Democratic candidate for senator in Georgia running against, he's the one running against Kelly Loeffler. Loeffler, Kelly Loeffler. So the candidate used to work for a group that registered voters and they're seeking outside people. You want me to be outraged by this guy, this lawyer, this Republican lawyer I just played you the audio of, and no one's going to be outraged by Stacey Abrams? Where are all the people who told me we have to respect the vote? Stacey Abrams doesn't respect the vote. I never understood what this fascination was with Stacey Abrams. And now I understand she's been able to organize and raise money and now get people to break the law because winning by any means necessary seems to be their thing. Well, Tony, if they're willing to win by any means necessary, why aren't you? I can handle that question. And the answer is, I don't believe that we have a society worth living in if we're going to say out loud it's okay to manipulate and completely ignore laws regarding voting. I get that I put us, possibly us, or maybe myself, I'll just talk for myself maybe, in a tougher position because I'm living by a code and they don't live by a code. I put forth to you that I agree. Far too many leadership progressives don't live by a code. They want to win at any cost. And what Trump has taught people is how to fight. Fighting is very, very important. But do you fight to the point where you give up the structure of the nation that is worth fighting for? That's the question. There's a story in Iowa. Rita Hart lost her vote, her election. She's a Democrat. She lost by six votes following a recount. So she is taking her election to the House Administration Committee. What does that mean? She's taking the election to the U.S. House of Representatives and letting them decide the vote. This can actually happen. This was last done uh, in, in, I think it was in the 80s, right? So the law itself is the Federal Contested Elections Act of 1969. The case is referred to the House Administration Committee, which can conduct an investigation before making a recommendation to the full House. And that recommendation is to decide who to seat. Let me take you to Indiana, 1984. You had a Republican, Richard McIntyre, defeat the uh, incumbent Democrat, Frank McCloskey. But Tip O'Neill refused to seat McIntyre because McCloskey said it was a rush certification and inconsistent with uh, standards for counting ballots. And so Tip O'Neill, then Speaker, refused to seat the Republican victor, Richard McIntyre. They then had themselves a recount and found that the Democrat McCloskey was the winner by four votes. So the House seated the Democrat. Republicans literally walked out. They did that when they had a larger majority. The story from Politico, and I had actually heard this story. I knew this story. But if you all look it up, it's on Politico. 
Nancy Pelosi has a, a lead by, what is it, eight seats? So who couldn't see Nancy Pelosi working to pack the Congress? And if they recount it and the Republicans still in the lead, will they keep recounting until, you know, they get the result they want? Oh, this is going to be worth watching. Accepting results. What happened to accepting the results? Democrats have no interest in it. This Democrat's going right to the House and saying, hey, Nancy Pelosi, you're my friend. Do my bidding, please. And Nancy Pelosi is in a position to want that to happen. Stacey Abrams tells everybody uh, on Biden they have to accept uh, the vote, but she never accepted it in her race. Claims of fraud, screaming of fraud. Didn't prove the fraud. She did prove or did show that some voting machine showed up without the power supply. Well, a voting machine showed up without the power supply. Fire the person who delivered the voting machine. I have no problem with that. As a matter of fact, I said that. President Trump might not accept the results. Right now, he's not, and he's fighting it. All legal, all acceptable, all not a problem. All worthwhile. And I will tell you, there are parts of this election I look at, I'm like, nope, I'm not buying in. I'm not. But we have to ask ourselves exactly how far we're going to go here. And if the answer is, well, we're going to go to blowing it all up, figuratively, people, figuratively, well, then what is it that we're actually fighting for? The long train is indeed long. What I don't know is if this part of the train is where people make their final stop. I think things are getting odd out there. But it could just be for some loud people. That brings us to Georgia. That story is coming up. I'm Tony Katz.